I'm Donna. And I'm Carrie. And we are Paranormal Chicks. Episode 15. Yeah, buddy. I remember this time. Yep. I'm proud of you. And this time, we are not going to be lit AF. <laughs> yes. We were a little out of control last Too episode. Too much. I was annoying. I'm sorry. I wouldn't say annoying. I would. <laughs> I think I laughed the whole two hours. I don't know why. You were something. Mm, the tickle monster had me. <laughs> it was tickling my no-no spine. Oh. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That is great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, too funny. One, I'm getting sick, so bear with me. Okay. It just happened today. because <laughs> <laughs> that, that wasn't it. <laughs> I might be getting sick or it might be after effects because I almost died. <laughs> <laughs> True story, y'all. True story. Not actually did you almost die. It could have happened. It couldn't have. It would not have. This was... Okay. This is her version of my beach story. <laughs> okay. I did not backbend. <laughs> but we were eating Mexican because Tracy put it in my head. Yeah. She said she was going to have like an after hours thing with her coworkers. And I was like, uh, I need some Mexican. Mm-hmm. So we went. It was me, Carrie, and Tiffany. And Tiffany was describing something and I don't know, but, you know, I got a vivid imagination. And so I was <laughs> imagining it while eating Meanwhile, and it wasn't, drinking. It wasn't even that funny. But, again, like she said, her imagination, I guess, just <laughs> took, took control. Yes. And I laughed while I was chewing and swallowing. And no, it was tea. I don't, were you chewing food, too? Yep. How did you have food and tea in your I mouth? I don't know. I'm, I'm not that person. <laughs> I think it was Robert the Doll. I told someone, I told Tess that he wasn't haunting me anymore and i think he was like uh-huh bitch watch this because <laughs> yo she made this noise i, I yeah I, tell them because i blacked out at the <laughs> oh lord i a little bit like had a flashback to the moment when i had to give tiffany the homelick i was like oh fuck i'm gonna have to get donna the homelick in this fucking restaurant <laughs> and she made this noise i thought she was throwing up at her plate she Y'all, sweet tea literally flowed from her nose. I mean, like, snot and sweet tea came out of both nostrils into her plate. The girl had my rice and beans. The girl had to order another plate of food. (laughs) It was so disgusting. It came out of my mouth, too. I was a fucking fountain of sweet tea. My cavities... We're all clean. She, she, I know, after that, she was like, cool, I actually kind of feel better now that it's not burning. I was like, that's what a neti pot is. You needed a neti pot. I, I could never do that in my life. Oh, Lord. <laughs> well, you don't do it with sweet tea. Well, that whole thing, I don't like any, anything. <laughs> that's gross. Y'all, well, and then Tiffany's reaction was like screaming at her, like, Donna? Are you okay? Like, I was like, Tiffany, shut the fuck up. She's already <laughs> snotting tea into her plate. We need no more attention. And she was like, well, what? well I was just checking on her. I was like, you could have checked on her quietly. Right? Oh, my gosh. Y'all, I was, like, trying to laugh, but didn't know if I was dying. <laughs> like, so then I'm just, like, hovered over my, like, soupy rice and beans. <laughs> 
And yeah. And mm. the poor waiter, when she came back, she's like, he came back and Donald was like, can I get um another plate? And he was like, oh, what's wrong with it? And like, what do you say? I snotted tea in it? Like, what do you even <laughs> say? I was just say? like, no, I just need another plate. And he was like, uh, but something's wrong with it? And you were like, no, I just need another <laughs> one. You, you can take this one, though. Yeah. <laughs> then later on, he was doing something. And I was like, I... I spilled tea in the other yeah, one. Yeah, I was like, we should have just told him that you spilled tea in it. Because you did, just you spilled it out <laughs> of your nose. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my God. It was disgusting and one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life all at the same time. I don't think I'm going to eat Mexican for a little bit, but. <laughs> Certainly not when you had to pay for two meals. Right. <laughs> you were on a date with good. yourself. <laughs> right. Damn. It was bad. I'm. You know what? I'm so glad I didn't fart while I was doing all of that. That'd have been the trifuck infecta. <laughs> Who been like Tiffany? <laughs> <laughs> I laughed so loud at that. I'm sorry. Everybody's ears just went, and I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, that's funny. Well, that's what happened to me. One more thing before we get started, too. Yeah, we had our first Facebook Live Wednesday. It was, y'all are amazing. Amazing does not even, y'all hanged, hung, (laughs) hanged out, hunged out. (laughs) Y'all hung out with us for two freaking hours. Right? I cannot. We feel so loved. So many of y'all came. I can't even. We had so much fun. Oh my gosh. So much fun. I loved the discussion and I loved like... Everybody putting their opinions in, and yes. everybody was so respectful of each other's opinion, mm-hmm. which I loved. And so we loved it so much. We're going to do another one. Yes, next Thursday. Yeah, because we said next Wednesday, but that's July fourth. So maybe Thursday. Yeah, Let y'all probably have lives. So, like, y'all have lives, so we can't do a live. <laughs> So next week, when we do it, we're going to do it on Make It a Murderer with, well, you know, the series, Stephen Avery and Brendan Dassey. Yes. So if you want to join in on that conversation, come see the live this time. By the way, we also fucked up, too, because we did it on the page, not on the Facebook group. And so people thought it was going to be on the group, not the page. Mm. You remember how there was, like, some people that couldn't find yeah. us? So it will be on the Facebook Page, page the one that everybody in the world can see yeah not the group yes yeah sorry about that yeah that was um our lack of communication yeah it'll be on the page just so if y'all want to share it i mean if y'all want to you can share it <laughs> i think she wants you to share it <laughs> but you don't have to but, but you'll have the you option <laughs> <laughs> oh that's great yeah, it really was cool, though, because people from high school popped in for a minute. Yeah. It was, like, random, the people that were in it. I really yeah, loved that, too. Because it was like, oh, my God, I didn't know they listened. Or, okay, maybe they just saw I was live. But, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll be wearing my real glasses so I can see. <laughs> so, because me and Carrie were grandmas. It was ridiculous yeah. how bad our eyes are. <laughs> and we'll have a bigger monitor this time. Yeah. And I'm going to zoom in. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Can I do that? I don't know. Can I sit on the side with the chat, though, so I can see a little bit better? Right. <laughs> My gosh. Anyway. All right. You ready, Freddie? I'm ready for it. Hit me with that story. Picture it. Ooh, picturing. 
What am I picturing? A long. Oh, I like where this is going. <laughs> is <Desert>. it crooked? <laughs> I don't like them crooked. <laughs> okay. A long stretch of New Mexico highway uh-huh. that leads you to a house. On a hill? That has a trailer in the back. Okay. Called. Oh, shit. A toy box. <gasps> oh, Carrie. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm so excited. <laughs> I really am excited. I'm just a little sick. Oh, my God. <laughs> In the head, because you're excited about the toy box killer. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. Oh, yeah. PSA, if you're just tuning in, we're not in a wind tunnel. It's just my heavy breathing because I'm freaking sick. <laughs> Sound effects, y'all. Sound effects. <laughs> okay. Oh, my God. Tell me all about him. He's my man. Okay. His name is David Parker Ray, or is one of the articles I, I found said Dave. David Ray Parker. I was like, mm-mm, that's not right. <laughs> <laughs> like, I had to go look at, like, three more things yeah. to make sure that I was like, wait, which one is right? Right. I probably still have it wrong. So, David Parker Ray was born November 6, 1939, in Bellin, New Mexico. Okay. And he and his younger sister, Peggy, lived with their grandfather. Mm. Their grandfather was, like, a very strict, like, disciplinarian Definitely a spare the rods, pull the child type of man, you know. But their dad would visit them randomly. And he was also very violent. He was an alcoholic. He would bring David magazines that was all about, like, sadomasochist porn. Golly. Yes. How old was he? Not even in high school. (gasps) Mm Mm-hmm. Whoa. Yeah, so his kind of fantasies of, like, raping, torturing, murdering, all that happened in his teen years. Kind of in his teen years, too, is when his sister found some of his drawings that were, like, kind of erotic with some bondage and, you know. Yeah. Even some, I think, some pictures, too, she found. And she was like, uh, hello, you know. Yeah. So, when he was in high school, he was bullied a lot by his peers for, like, his awkwardness with women, which, you know, helped him become a very well-rounded man. Yeah. After he got done with high school, he became a mechanic, and then he enrolled in the U.S. Army and was a mechanic in the Army, and he was honorably discharged. And then after the Army, he was married and divorced four times, and he had two kids. Damn. He likes even numbers. (laughs) <laughs> For you to hate math and numbers as much as you hate them, finish your sentence. You certainly say that a lot. <laughs> I like patterns, okay? You do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You do. Okay. So the things that made David Parker Ray, like, special, I guess it's not really the right r- word, but special, is that he had his toy box, which was yeah. a trailer that was soundproof. And had a shit ton of his toys. Yeah. That he would use when he kidnapped women and kept them in in the toy box days or weeks. I think even maybe sometimes months. Holy um, shit. And he would do whatever he pleased with the yeah. women. The other thing that makes him so, like... Unique? Holy fuck. 
Uh-huh. Oh, fuck. Is that he had accomplices. <gasps> no. Mm-hmm. Let's just get an idea of what all was involved in this toy box. Here's a few little things that tickle your fancy. Surgical instruments. Okay. Okay. I guess I should say this too first. So he would kidnap the women and dose them with like phenobarbital, sodium, whatever the other one is that I have written down somewhere else. I'll tell you when I get there. (laughs) No, I'm not a pharmacist. And so the women would be kind of in this like date rapey type drug that they would couldn't really tell if it was a dream or not a dream. And the whole time. um, mm -hmm. Yeah. And so they were always drugged. Okay. Well, I guess that's a good thing. Maybe. I mean, not that it's a good <clears throat> thing. No, no, no. I know, you know what you mean. mean. A good thing in that if they have to go through this torturous time, at least they were not fully with it. Yeah. I get what you mean. Okay. So when it came to the surgical instruments, so when he was with the women, if at any point he was bitten, scratched, or kicked, he would use the surgical instruments to remove their nipples. Oh. Mm-hmm. And if they, like, did something really bad to him, like with the scratch and kicking and biting, he would remove an entire breast. <gasps> what the fuck? Did he make human paperweight out of it? I don't know. He didn't take it that far. No. So then it's, like, unsure as to whether or not when he would remove their nipple or breast if they were actually dosed with the drugs or not. Oh. So they may have been... Aware for that part. Oh, shit. The worst part. Sodium pentothal. That's the other one. He would also use those drugs, like, as a way to, like, brainwash them, too. God bless them. So he had scalpels, forceps, dilators, syringes, like, anything anything you can think of, right? The trailer was also soundproof. You said that. Did I? Sorry. But if you think about these poor women are in there, like screaming for their lives, literally, and nobody can hear them. Yeah. And they probably have no idea where they even are. Yeah. Because it's just so sad because they're hopeful mm-hmm. that someone can hear them, and they're actually hopeless. Yeah. I feel like if Sid from Toy Story was a real person, this yes. would be Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yes. hmm Okay. Because... The toy box was, like, in his backyard, too. Mm-hmm. Ooh, you're on to something. <laughs> okay. The other kind of classification, I guess, if you will, of toys was that were um, insertion devices. Oh, fuck. So one of his biggest pleasures was stretching women. Ew, no, 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 and no, so, no. I know, I know. Mm-mm. So. If you want that, get a turkey a Thanksgiving. Damn. Okay. So, (laughs) he had a bunch of different, like, dildos ranging in size. Yeah. Oh, please tell me there's no, like, barbed wire or anything on some. Well. Okay. I'm I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, I don't know. Okay. Well, because there was, okay, because I saw some pictures of it. Like, there's, like, YouTube, I think, videos. I didn't do it because I couldn't when I was at work on my lunch break. And I'm going to get fired for Googling all this (laughs) stuff on my lunch break. Um. There was this one dildo that had, like, some spiky things coming out the bottom oh, of it. And God. I was like, but, like, where it was positioned, I don't, I'm not quite sure. I'm like, where does that go? <laughs> you know, because, like, it's, like, it would be on the outside. And so I'm not, like, it wouldn't penetrate. 
the yeah, spiky so part. And so I don't like, know. Was it spiky or like? Uh, not pleasurable spikes. Okay. I was going to be not like. Not like ribbed. Yeah. No. Yes, like how no, no, they no, have no. the dolphin little. No, 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 no. Or the no, 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 no. This looked like pokey. Ooh. Not, not good. The other thing I saw, because keep in mind, he was a mechanic. And so oh, he was fuck. quite crafty yeah. with mechanical things. Okay, we don't need you to go MacGyver psycho. He did. So he ha- there was this one picture of the traveling, not really traveling, almost called it the traveling torture chamber. <laughs> that's the, that's that. the other serial killer <laughs> yeah. of his toy box. And it was like a a box. I don't know, maybe a foot, one foot by one foot box. He had know. a dick in a box. He had a dick on the outside of a box. Oh, it was shit. a it was like a mechanical. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Dildo uh-huh. that he could like turn it on, and so it would, and it was like mechanical penetration, like over and over and over again, you know. Yeah. And but it was like this huge fucking dildo on the end that, ouch. Whoa. Okay, so funny enough that I did actually just find it was talking about the larger dildos, and it said that it is it was mounted on a stick with. In like spikes on the end that would be that would tear the flesh. So I was oh, right, but I wasn't. That didn't know for sure. That's so funny that I saw that picture and was like, "What the fuck?" And then didn't finish reading that part yeah. when I was making my thing. Whoa! The other thing that he really liked, because again, it was all about when the women were in there. It was all about control and submission of them. You know, they were they were not allowed to speak unless they were told to. And when he was torturing and all that, if they weren't quiet, he would be more aggressive. You know, so like it was all about like you better fucking do what I'm telling you to do. When and again, some stuff says he kept them for a couple of days. Some stuff says that he kept them for weeks. Some stuff said one to three months. Did any of them live? We'll get there. God, foreshadowing the foreskin. (laughs) You you just did that like you were getting ready for some nipple clamps. Oh, no, no. Because no. get ready. Oh, no. How'd no. you know that was next? Those alligator clips. Okay. Oh, my God. So, Does he have weights on them or something? Shh. Okay. Sorry. Whew. Okay. So, every time he asked them something, again, they, they had to, they could only talk when he asked them something. And when they responded, they had to respond mass, with like with master. And then if they were not cooperative in that, he would attach clamps to... Their genitals or breasts. Oh, no, 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 no. And then would turn on the electricity. Oh, and you know no spot? That's a no-no. Yeah. So he would, so they were like electrified clamps that he would like turn them on to shock them, basically. Yeah. No. Mm Mm-hmm. Your nipples. So one of the things, too, that he really liked to do is, well, so he had, like, a chair, like, a chair that you would use at the gynecologist, like, with the stirrups and stuff. Yeah. And so it was kind of like a humiliation thing, I, I feel like, for the women in that they were basically sprawled open yeah. all the time. Like, they were they were oh never God. in a position where they weren't vulnerable, you know? Yeah. And God so most of the time they were in that chair. Sometimes he would have them, like, almost in the fetal position, but on their back, and then would have that wooden bar, like, with their arms, like, around that. And so, so like, they're, they were obviously handcuffed down, like, their legs and their knees and all of that. There was just no, you know, no way to get out. And then he would whip them if they weren't completely still, like, when he oh tried gosh. to do, when he was doing stuff. So, again, it was all about his, con- you know, control. Yeah. And conditioning. Mm-hmm. Bless him. 
he filmed most of his interactions with these women. Oh, fuck. And so when the FBI got a hold of the tape, they had to watch like 40 films, basically. Oh, my god! And it said one of the ways that he would kill them was to insert a cattle prod. Oh, my gosh. Into their vagina. This shock is strong enough for a one-ton animal. Holy fuck. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to go into the part where it's like, talks about what they look. I'm not doing all that. That's I can't. That That is enough. I'm leaving that. Okay, so he called the trailer. He called it like he even had a sign that said Satan's Den in the trailer. Oh, I thought on the outside I was going to say, uh... No, no, no. On the inside. There was like a, it was like a white sign, and I think the writing was red, and it was like Satan's Den. Probably in blood. No. It, like, it looked like a... You know what? It, okay. It didn't look like this, but it looked like this. Like a for sale sign. Yeah. Like the old school black and orange, only it was white with red uh, red writing. That was hard. Uh-huh. Um, Those fucking R's. You passed on your mm-hmm, shit to me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sorry. This is... This story is so heavy. Like, I feel like... Whew. I can't... Bur- you know what I mean? Well, I can't breathe. Well, so. this is that. This is this is a. Whew. It is heavy. I only knew he was called the toy box killer, and like I mean, obviously, I knew it was torture. It wasn't like, ooh, let's go play Candyland, <laughs> which is torture when you keep getting those cards <laughs> that send you back to the beginning. It's like, will this game ever fucking end? <laughs> But I had no idea about any, like, all of this. To be honest, when you were saying it, I was like, I don't know what she's talking about. The Toy Box Killer? No. I never heard of him? Mm -mm. But they do some, of course, I didn't look at it. But, like, there's this webpage that's about criminal minds and, like, what real life killers, like, serial killers or duos or whatever they portrayed on the show. And he is one of them. But I didn't look into it because it usually just says, oh, it's this season with this guy. Yeah. And so it doesn't really give anything to the actual story. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, so I'm excited about this one, just to know it. The FBI figures that with the trailer, the all this, the equipment and all that that he had inside, it cost him about $100,000 to set up. fuck. Yep. And like I said, he recorded all of it. The other thing that, you, that he did was once he kidnapped the women and got them in, he then played a, an audio recording of him telling them everything that was going to happen to them. Oh, my God. I have the transcript. <gasps> Holy fuck. I'm oh not going to read it. I'm not going to read it all, but I am going to read some of it because oh I... Is he like the real life Saul? Pretty much, yeah. Holy yes. fuck. Except for you can't get out. Oh, my God. Although he did let some people go. Okay. He didn't kill everybody. <sighs> I don't know which is worse, to be honest. Gosh. To die, honestly. I mean, to die from it or to have to live with it, you know? Yeah, that but was we'll get, some heavy shit. Yeah, so we'll get to it. Do you know if the recording is available? I don't know. Because you know that one at Jonestown mm-hmm. where it's him while they're yeah doing everything? Not going to say everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you're going to probably cover it. But that is haunting. Yes, I honestly... I don't think I could listen to it. If it, if it was, like, just the excerpts that I read, like, I truly could not finish reading it. Like, because it was this one website that just had the transcript. I think it had it broken into, like, three or four sections. And I got through two. And I was like, I can't do, I can't do anymore. Wow. 
He had all of that shit that he did to him, but he also had a mirror on the ceiling so that the girls had to watch it all. No. Oh, my God. He is such a mind fuck. I know. Psycho, sociopath. I know. Motherfucker. I know. And like I said, he wow. like videoed everything, too. So like he had like a surveillance system in it so that he could record everything. All right. This is the transcript. Again, I'm not going to read it all. But if you feel like this is going to be, this is pretty explicit. So if you feel like this is going to be too much for you, skip forward. Okay. All right. So he starts out saying, hello there, bitch. Are you comfortable right now? I doubt it. Wrists and ankles chained, gagged, probably blindfolded. You were disoriented and scared too, I would imagine. Perfectly normal under the circumstances. For a little while at least, you need to get your shit together and listen to this tape. Oh my God. First off... Fuck you for calling me a bitch. Yes, fuck you. But also, don't think you know what I'm feeling right now. <laughs> but those are the things I'd be feeling. <laughs> I mean, yes. But, like, you know he hasn't experienced it. I know. He says, it's very relevant to your situation. I'm going to tell you in detail why you have been kidnapped, what is going to happen to you, and how long you'll be here. I don't know the details of your capture because this tape is being created July 23rd, 1993 as a general advisory tape for future female captives. The information I'm going to give you is based on my experience dealing with captives over a period of several years. If, at a future date, there are any ma- major changes in our procedures, the tape will be upgraded. Now, oh, gee, thanks. Thanks for the update. Like PSA, right there. Yeah. What a fucker. Now, Fuck you, Windows Update. I don't want to update. <laughs> Just shut down. Okay. Now, you're obviously here against your will, totally helpless, don't know where you're at, don't know what's going to happen to you. You're very scared or very pissed off. I'm sure that, that you already tried to get your wrists and ankles loose, and no, you can't. Let me see. Okay. I'm going to skip a little bit. He says, our primary interest is what you've got between your legs. You'll be raped thoroughly and repeated in every hole you've got. Oh because basically, you've been snatched, snatched and brought here for us to train and use you as a sex slave. Us? Oh, accomplices. I forgot. He said, it's going to take a lot of adjustment on your part, and you're not going to like it one fucking bit. But I don't give a big rat's ass about that. He says, what all this amounts, amounts to is you're going to be kept naked and chained up like an animal to be used and abused anytime we want, any way we want to. You're here, and we're going to make the most of it. You're going to be kept in a hidden slave room, and it's relatively soundproof, escape-proof, and completely stocked with devices and equipment to, fat- to satisfy our sexual fetishes and deviations. There may or may not be another girl in the room. Occasionally, for variety, we like to keep two slaves at the same time. In either case, as a new girl, you'll definitely be getting the most attention for a while. Holy fuck. Now, as I said earlier, you're going to be kept like an animal. I guess I've been doing this too long. I've been raping bitches since I was old enough to jerk off and tie little girls' hands behind their backs. Oh, my gosh. He's, like, bragging about Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm skipping some. He said, your only value is the fact that you have an attractive, usable body. And like the rest of our animals, you will be fed and watered, kept in good physical condition, physical condition, kept reasonably clean, and allowed to use the toilet when necessary. In return, you're going to be used hard, especially during your first few days while you're new and fresh. You're going to be kept chained in a variety of positions, usually with your legs or knees forced wide apart. Oh my gosh. He goes on, again, a lot more. 
But he said, now I've already told you that you're going to be here a month or two, maybe three, if you keep us turned on. It's If it was up to my lady, we'd keep you indefinitely. She says it's just as much fun and less risky, but I personally like a variety. And then he says, we take four or five girls each year, depending on our urges and oh sometimes accidental encounters. Basically, I guess we are like predators. We're always looking. Wow. And I cut out a ton. Like there was so much of that that I, I'm not going to yeah. even, I mean, some of it, I some of it I read to Donna, not with us recording because yeah. whatever, but we're not going to, I can't, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's too much. But even then I didn't read it all to you because I just, it's yeah. just, I can't. So if you, you, what you cued into that he says we a lot in his, in that recording. So he had not one, not two, three accomplices. Holy fuck. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. How do they meet? I don't know. Craigslist? I don't fucking know. It's probably that fucking deep web. The deep web. Yep. The dark web. Well, mm-mm. because it's it was like 1992, I think. 1990. Oh, shit. Then they just met in AOL chat room. Something. Because AOL no, chats. Ni- 1999. I'm sorry. Oh. So, yeah, it still would be AOL chats, though. Yeah. Okay. 13 years before he was caught, and so this was 1986, his daughter, Jessie, notified the FBI that sh- that basically he was abducting and torturing women. Holy fuck. How old was she? I don't know. Oh. Maybe a teen? I don't know. Wow. Enough to know to call the FBI. Yeah. But her claims were considered to be nonspecific. Whoa. And the t- authorities stopped investigating. Lawsuit. You say that. Mm-hmm. Except she joined him. Oh, my God. No. His daughter, Jessie, was one of his accomplices. Fucking mic drop on the worst level ever. Yeah. Can you imagine? Like. Well, and she thought it was wrong. So what did he do to her to bring her over to his side? I don't know. I don't know. Like, because there was a switch in her fucking mind. Something. Well, and, like, some of it stuff even says, like, it, some of it was his old girlfriends, too, that were accomplices. So, it, there, I mean, there's no telling how many people over time have oh been gosh. his, like, accomplices on and off. Yeah. So, his other two accomplices were Dennis Roy Yancey, who was Jesse, his daughter's boyfriend. Oh, my gosh. And then his other accomplice was Cindy Hendy. I know. That sounds like a freaking Dr. Seuss character. That again sounds like me making up a fucking name. (laughs) Well, Cindy Hindi was his girlfriend. It's like, who is that? The sky is falling. Yeah, Henny Penny. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, okay. So, meanwhile, this guy has a girlfriend and has been married four fucking times. Right. What? And we're over here single. How is that? Like... How? I have no idea. Because there's sick fucking people out there. He, but you know what? And too, like, clearly he's good at the mind fuck, you yeah. know? And so I, I'm just going to, that's got to be it. Yeah. You know, and the thing, too, is that with Cindy Hendy, <laughs> Henny Penny. I cannot take her seriously. <laughs> the thing is, is that reports show that she was abused and molested as a child. Wow. And so, again, it's one of those, like, you and we I feel like we talk about this every time we talk about like a female accomplice 
But it's like, at what point does she go from a victim can become a predator? Yeah. And, you know, at what point did she make that cross of being like this victim as a child to being part of this huge plan to, like, kidnap women and torture them for weeks on end? Oh, my God. Like, at what point did you go... You know, yeah, that molestation really sucked as a kid, but I think I want to do it. Right. And I mean, and I know that that is like, yeah, w- way oversimplifying it. Yeah, I get that. I know. I don't have a psych degree, and I know that things go way, 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 way deeper than that. Yeah, but- it's fucking dildos. <laughs> Can't even with you. <laughs> well, God. I mean, it's like, but it, I don't know. I know. I feel like I say that all the time. It's like, at what point? At what point? But Really, really, truly, at what point point does that happen? Okay, so let's get into... Well, I'll tell you what. I don't consider her a victim. No, no, not now. I'm talking about when she was a kid. No, I know. I'm just saying. Oh, no, absolutely not now. No, 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 no. There was a girl named Angelica Montano. (laughs) I think I still (laughs) butchered it. Was she from Montana? (laughs) Nope, New Mexico. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, she was one of the victims that was tortured in the toy box. Oh, gosh. David Parker Ray found her hitchhiking off of a road, and she was trying to get to her mom's house. He promised her that he would take her to her mom's house. Don't believe him. And Don't get in. I know. Meanwhile, of course, he took her to his house, to his toy box. Wow. So he kept her for four days. And did all of the things that we know that he did. And then he let her go. So, of course, she goes straight to the to the police. And the authorities didn't believe her. Oh, my God. Worse, they didn't even investigate it. Are you fucking kidding me? Because they said that, like, basically her story sounded so absurd that there's no way it could be true. And so they didn't do anything. So, and and I'm sorry, I don't know that date. But, okay, but on March 19th, 1999, 22-year-old Cynthia Vigil was, okay, she was a sex worker in Albuquerque. She was approached by a police officer who was an undercover police officer and told her she was under arrest for solicitation and put her in the back of his car. She said, he told me I was under arrest and put handcuffs on me. Oh, fuck. Oh, damn. But the undercover police officer was David Parker Ray. And he, you know, impersonating a police officer. Yeah, he loves role playing. So, of course, he's the one that was impersonating a police officer. She was not clearly under arrest, and he took her to the toy box. He then chained her down to the, like, gynecologist table, basically. Yeah. And over the next three days, raped and tortured her. Mm, With, of course, the help from Henny Penny. No, Cindy Henny. (laughs) Oh, my God. They used their whips, medical instruments, electric shock, all kinds of sexual just instruments to torture her. And then also before it began, he played his cassette tape for her. According to Cynthia, on the cassette, he told her that she was only to refer to him as master and the woman that was with him as mistress. And then, of course, never allowed to spoken to unless she was spoken to. She was never allowed to speak unless she was spoken to first. Good God. <laughs> She said, the way he talked, I didn't feel like this was his first time. She, This was an interview with her later. It was like I, 
It was like he knew what he was doing. He told me I was never going to see my family again. He told me he would kill me like the others. Oh, my gosh. On the third day, while Ray was at work, Cindy accidentally left the keys of her restraints near the table where she was. Oh, my gosh. And so she was able to, like, lunge for the keys, get free. Cindy Hendy tried to stop her from getting out. And so Cynthia grabbed an ice pick and stabbed Cindy in the neck to get out. Go, bitch. Go. Yeah. So she ran out of the trailer completely naked, only wearing a uh, slave collar with a padlock chain. Oh, my God. She knocked on the door of a nearby mobile home. The owner was there and let her in, and they called the police. And then, like, right after that, Ray and Hendy were arrested. Good. So it wasn't until... Cynthia's story came out Mm -hmm. that they actually believed Angelica. And she came back forward and was like, see, I fucking told y'all this happened to me. Then they had to take her seriously. I mean, is that a lawsuit? I don't think so. I would. I would sue him if I was. uh, Yes. Now, Cynthia maybe could. Yeah, because this is on you. Yeah, she was tortured because they didn't listen to angelica mm-hmm. so maybe her but i don't know if angelica does yeah no. i don't i mean i don't know i'm not i mean look i only play a psychologist on this show not an attorney <laughs> yeah okay so again so angelica came forward and it was said that he would often like like drug them rape them rape them and the ones that he didn't kill he would just ditch them on the highway in the desert for them just to be found. Wow. And that, like, with the drugs that he used, of course, it would they would have amnesia about it. Yeah. And so they, they were kind of that coming in and out of consciousness where they couldn't tell if it was truly a dream or yeah. not. So now that they had those two victims that could testify, Cindy Hindy folded. She started telling everything. She talked about how she helped, how Jesse, his daughter, helped. How Dennis Roy Yancey, her boyfriend, helped. Wait, are you saying Yancey or Laurel? (laughs) (laughs) I was taking you so seriously. Uh, Like, you were like, dare you? And I was like, looking at the paper, like, shaking my head, like, yeah, it's Yancey. Am I saying it wrong? Damn. Oh, gosh. That was good. That was good. Okay, so Marie Parker was another victim who was abducted, drugged, of course, tortured for days by David and his daughter. And then this was in 1997. And then Yancey strangled her to death. Wow. So that's like the kind of the confirmed kill, basically. And then after they started releasing some of the stuff about the women in the videos, there was... A girl that her name was Kelly Garrett. She used to be friends with Jesse, his daughter. Oh, fuck. This was in 1996. It was July 24th. So Kelly Garrett had gotten in a fight with her husband. And so she was like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm going to go play pool, go to the bar, hang out with Jesse. So Jesse ended up roofing her. My God. And then she and her father took her to his trailer, put her with a little dog leash. They raped and tortured her for days, keeping her on the the drugs. And then David Ray slit her throat and dumped her on the side of the road. Wow, with friends like that. But wait. Oh, fuck. She survived. (gasps) No one 
not her husband, not her, not the police, believed her. Her husband said, nope, you're lying. You did it to yourself. You were cheating on me all night. This is all a lie. Are and you, filed for fucking divorce. Are you fucking kidding me? Mm-hmm. So What she, a piece of low down scum of the earth motherfucker. I know. And so, like, she, again, so she's, like, trying to remember stuff, but she was fucked up. You know, they yeah. were drugging her. And so she would kind of, like, it was like she was... Not really remembering she was it, but being remember- mind fucked all over again. Oh yeah, and victimized. Oh yeah, oh yeah, completely re-traumatized over and over and over again by the people who should love her mm-hmm. and the other people who should protect her. Like, how do you? How fucked up does he think she is as a person that she would slit her own fucking throat? Right. Because she was out cheating on you. Yeah. That's that is. Fucked up. I hope he, like, never gets... He won't because he's the type that thinks that she was lying about that. He didn't give a fuck that she actually was. But... Yeah. I hope he eats his words. I hope he has diarrhea. (laughs) For as long as she was tortured, I hope you have flaming diarrhea. (laughs) And you run out of toilet paper. The interesting thing is that Kelly Garrett, the only reason why they know who she is, because, you know, nobody believed her and all of that, was that they were able to identify her on a tape based on her ankle tattoo. Wow. So they found her, like, on his footage. Yeah. Wow. Oh, and then Marie Parker that Yancey admitted to he was strangling, that was actually one of his ex-girlfriends, too. So, like, they kind of took the people they knew, but then also these randoms. Yeah. You know, the... the, not that, you know, random interactions that they yeah. kidnap people. Not that the people were randoms. That sounds yeah. terrible. No, I know what you mean. So it's said that David Ray may have had another accomplice named Billy Bowers that was one of his business partners. And then Ray murdered him. So oh, fuck. it's, you know, it's possible. They found no human remains, though, like on his property or anything like that. He's just vanished. Well, I'm saying just of anybody's body. Like, of oh, all these people oh, that... all these people. I thought you meant the... Or that guy. Yeah, that guy, yeah. nobody. They don't know anything. Okay, here's another part. Oh, God, there's more? There is more. And I think that this is one of the most disturbing parts. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Y'all, like, my insides are shaking. I know. I'm so upset Torture just gets me like. I know. Oh my gosh. It appears that not only did he have people that helped him with the crimes, that he would throw sex parties. <gasps> no. Where he would use the victims, like put them on display and have a sex party with them. Like, some of his friends would get to have sex with the victims. They would watch. Did they know that they were being held mm-hmm. against their will? Mm-hmm. He would... This, okay. I don't even know if I want to say this. He even would let the dogs have sex with the oh women. Oh, my gosh. I can't... Oh, God. Okay, I can't. I got to move on from that. Okay. So, people are fucked up. Why? Okay. Oh, my God. You know what this is kind of reminding me of, too? Is the sinner. Never saw that. With Jennifer, no, Jessica Biel. Mm-mm, I don't like her. <laughs> it was actually pretty good. But, yeah, it was, like, secret sex parties in, like, a country club kind of mm-hmm. thing. and Yeah, but where people there kept against their will. Yes. Oh, okay. 
But, I mean, it was nothing yeah. like this. Because, I mean, it was on USA. Okay. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But, whew, this All right. is... So, it says that police found evidence, like, including, like, diaries and the videos and all of that, that detailed the murder of at least 50 women. 50? Yeah. And that, but, like, there wasn't enough to create cases from them. Because, again, they found, you know, so Cindy Hindi, I gotta say her name, and Yancey Laurel. um, (laughs) (laughs) But, so they told police where they would dispose of the bodies, but the police couldn't find any of the remains. Wow. So basically the FBI is like, look, we're still looking, you know, even up until like 2011, they're like, we're, we're still looking. You know, as long as we're getting leads, we're going to keep going. Yeah. David Ray was offered a plea bargain because, okay, so they could only try him for three separate trials. The first one was a Cynthia Vigil trial. I think I said her name wrong earlier. The second one was for the Angela Angelica... Montano, and then the third one for Kelly Garrett. The first trial resulted in a mistrial. Are you kidding me? Yep. So then they, they did a retrial, and that there was a conviction during the retrial on all 12 accounts. Okay, good. Angelica, which would have been the second trial, she died before they could have the no, trial. No, of what? I don't know. And honestly, I, I saw that in like five different articles, and I never saw how she died. Bless her heart. I hope she's rested in peace. I know. And so I don't, I kind of think that they just like stopped there. Like he just, that's when he did his plea and he got 224 years in prison. Wow. Then even number for him. Oh God. Okay. So then his daughter, Jesse was tried on charges of kidnapping. She was sentenced to two and a half years in prison. Only two and a half years? Mm -hmm. With five years of probation. Are you fucking kidding me? Nope. In 1999, Dennis Roy Yancey was convicted of strangulation of Marie Parker, which was recorded. And then he was sentenced to two 15-year sentences for second-degree murder and conspiracy to commit commit first-degree murder. Wait for it. He was released after serving 11 years, but then had to return back into custody because he violated his parole. So he's in prison until 2021. Then Cindy Hindy, she turned turned evidence. And so she testified against David Ray, and she received 36 years in prison for her role, and she's scheduled to receive parole in t- 2017. So I'm not sure. I could never find anything, like, more up-to-date as to oh whether or not gosh. she was actually out. Like, these people are out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. On May 28, 2002, Ray was being transported from the prison to be questioned some more by the state police. And before they could do the scheduled, like, interrogation, he had a heart attack and died. Wow. Yep. What a selfish bastard. Yep. So that's that. So we'll never know anymore. Nope. All, all the only three victims. So you know, we know for sure three. Really four if you count Marie, Marie, Kelly, Angelica, and Cynthia. Wow. Um. So that to me is probably one of the hardest we've done. Yeah. So it's heavy. God, I feel terrible for me. Like. Wanting to do it. Well, you, that's not, you weren't like, yay, torture and murder. You were yeah. like, yay, this is 
one that, I mean, it does elicit good conversation about a lot of things and, yeah, I mean, it, it is interesting. And, you know, again, it brings up a lot about he knew who he was targeting. He was targeting mm-hmm. women. And some of the articles even talked about it. Sex workers. I mean, tell us all this time, you know, target women who are deemed what? OK, I'm listening to a book right now. Uh, hell, it may be called Serial Killers. I could look <laughs> it up. And it talks about how basically the beginnings of a serial killer on their killing sprees, Mm -hmm. you know, when they kill women, they are deemed less dead is what, how he, how he says it. And at first I was like, what the fuck? But how he explains it is that women who, or men too, who deemed have like a alternative lifestyle, a sex worker or men who are gay or homeless, homeless, these lower socioeconomic statuses or drug addicts or, you know, all these different things, they are considered less dead than some co-ed from Harvard University. You know what I mean? And so less is less is cared about. And so that's Mm -hmm. why he terms it like less dead. It's awful. I mean, I'm, you know, but that and that's what they did. They they targeted women that they knew would not would not be missed mm-hmm. because of many reasons. If they weren't in contact with their family because they were addicted to drugs and had yeah. you know, lost communication or they were living on the streets or working on the streets or, you know, any any reason. Him impersonating that officer, that is one of my biggest fears. Same. Who what, was it? Um, the two the two guys the not that were they the hill such well, I can't remember names and things, but they would Im, they would impersonate police officers and pull women over mm-hmm. and then kill them. Yeah, everybody that's listening to this is like seriously. It's like one of the biggest things in yes, California ever, and I can't remember their names. <laughs> but I don't know. It's just I feel like every other year something comes out like on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, that's happening in Mobile, Alabama, which is only two hours away or whatever. And it's mostly urban legend. Yes. But it's enough to scare the shit out of you. Yes. But it's, like, I asked my mom because, you know, she was my information person. Information highway to the police (laughs) because she had the scanner. (laughs) Yes. But I live out in the country. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, if you pull over... You're in a field, you know, like. Yeah. And so I was like, what do I do, Mama, if there's someone who has their lights on, but, like, what do I do? Yeah. And she was like, you call 911 and you ask, you tell them, I'm, you know, like, where you are. Turn your flashers on first so they know that you acknowledge them. Oh, that's a good idea. She didn't tell me that. Teamwork. We're going to keep you safe. (laughs) But, yeah, she said, call 911 and tell them, like, you know. Blah, blah, blah. I'm here. Is there an officer following me? And that they would dispatch it, like, mm-hmm. to see. Or, she said, drive, like, to the police station. Yes. Drive to the police station or, at the very, very least, drive to a well-lit area. Yeah. But I would say, for real, though, turn your flashers on just in case it is a legitimate police officer. So, yeah. they don't think they're, like, on a high-speed chase. <laughs> yeah. So, you're like, no, I'm acknowledging you, but I'm getting to a safe place. Yeah. Because that is just so scary. It really I is. I mean, most... Like, crime to remember, a lot of that shit that yes. I was watching, it would be someone acting like... I love that show. Me too. 
Well, and I think, too, the, the tricky part is when it's an unmarked car. Yeah. Or those people who buy the old... Oh, uh, yes. At, like, cars. auctions and stuff. Uh-huh. I know. They they trick me every time. Me, too. I'm like, motherfucker. I, I you see those headlights? Spinning. Spinning? I mean, speeding. Rims keep spinning. <laughs> 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 oh, God. Yeah. I feel like my voice is super deep. I may, Me, too. I feel like you're patient zero, and now I'm patient one. You are. Marley, just get ready, honey. All right, my turn. Yeah. I do not think I can top the fucking toy box killer. Yes, you can. I don't think I can because that has been something I've requested since the beginning. You really have. (laughs) Every time. Do you know what I'm doing? Toy box killer. 15 episodes later, that was your present. Yes. It's like I got my permit. (laughs) (laughs) Your junior license. Did you not learn anything from Amy Fisher? Right. So I went down south last time Mm -hmm. and seemed to go over well. Mm -hmm. So I'm staying in the dirty, dirty. Okay, okay. And the story was actually suggested by Marie Smith in our Facebook group. Whoop, whoop. Go, Marie. Mm Mm-hmm. Shout out. Wait. Is this? Continue. Okay. I don't think it's, I don't think so. Okay. I don't know why I was Maria for a minute. I don't think so. Oh, I was like, I don't get it. It's me, a Mario. I don't think so. Had to explain the joke. Yeah, imagine that. Patty Jr., right here. <laughs> I've never heard of this story in my life. Ooh. Mm-hmm. I'm doing the Brinkley Female College and the Ghost of Pink Lizzie. Was she a pink lady from Greece? Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, my gosh. I've never heard this either. Yeah. Wait, did she? I don't. Okay. Wait, why? What? Who? Where? I was thinking <laughs> she recommended this in the Facebook group because how did I have not heard of it? Like, did, why did I not click on it and read it? It was like a list of things. Oh, okay, okay. I do remember the list. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> okay. So, the building was originally built between 1855 and 1859 by Colonel W.J. Davy. They love initials in this thing. Mm-hmm. And he built it for his resident. Nope. He built it for his. <laughs> it was originally built to be his residence. Okay. It was a grand two story mansion with six 24 foot columns in the front. Whoa. And it made. What they call a portico, which is like a porch, but not big enough for a porch. <clears throat> it was like a cove, a portico cove, <laughs> a portico. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's like you're not going to get wet standing to knock on the door, but you can't put a rocking chair out there. Yeah, it's kind of like what, kind of like what I have at my house. Yeah, but like I was thinking. Like, you know, like, state buildings when they have those big columns, but it's just, like... Yeah. A little bit. That's what they're talking about. We ain't got big columns. Okay. So, it was on a slight hill and protected by an iron gate. When I read this, I was like, obviously, he's compensating for something, right? <laughs> With the 24-foot Uh-huh. Poles. Columns and then the gate around it. Just... You know what I mean? Like, it was a grand... Yeah. ...place. Little big, little big. Mm-hmm. He was Lord Farquaad. <laughs> Allegedly. 
soon after the Civil War, the house was transformed into Brinkley Female College by Colonel Robert C. Brinkley. It was a school for young girls, and it usually housed around 40 to 50 students. Damn. It was located at 683 South 5th Street in Memphis, Tennessee. Oh, what? Yeah. Okay. All right. I see you, Memphis. <laughs> so people say immediately after the school opened up, everyone got weird vibes, and they just said something was off about the place, mm-hmm. which probably was because... Uh, Davy, the guy who built it, he was rumored to have gone bankrupt and therefore, like, went insane. <gasps> Again, he was compensating for something. Um, and then when he lost it, he was like, my marbles. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> terrible joke. Terrible I'm, pun. I'm sorry. I mean, because, you know, if I lost all the money. Money problems are so fucking stressful. Yeah. Like building a house. <laughs> Like, not remodeling a house, (laughs) a.k.a. my life. Picture it. Okay. On February 21st, 1871, what seemed like an ordinary day, 13-year-old Clara Robertson was practicing the piano in one of the upstairs rooms at the Brinkley Mm -hmm. Female College. Suddenly before her, a shadowy shape moved towards her. It seemed to materialize in front of her eyes. The apparition looked to be an eight-year-old girl with sunken matte eyes and decaying flesh. Decaying mm-hmm. flesh? I was like, what's a decaying flesh? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Y'all, I got a cold. <laughs> Tuberculosis over here. She wore a filthy, torn pink dress that was partially covered in a thick, slimy layer of mold. Ew. She wore rusty shoes with mildewed stockings. You know that stunk. Mm-hmm. Japperson smell? I don't know, but I'd be like, what the funk going on here? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Clara was startled, of course. Yeah. Gasp out loud. <gasps> like that? Just like that? <laughs> Maybe. Allegedly. <laughs> I don't know if she's going to sound like the girl from the ring or whatever you just did. <laughs> But, okay, so then Clara said that it was transparent, but she could make out every detail. Clearly, because that was a lot of detail. Mm-hmm. So she knew it wasn't real. Right. You know, Because it was see-through. Yeah. But it was like, she was real. Yeah. So she screamed, ran, and told some classmates, and they were like, uh, you're right, and made fun of her. Like kids, kids do. do, yeah, because they're great. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, all the people are kids are like, okay, we get it. You don't like kids, Donna. Uh, I'm just kidding. I do like kids. I just don't want to be around them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Sort of. So a couple of days later, Clara was with two other students upstairs. And they heard the sound of water splashing on the floor. Clara turned around and she saw the skeletal little girl (gasps) standing there. Reports say it's unclear if the other girls saw the ghost or not, Mm -hmm. but they all fled. I mean, I watched The Walking Dead. You run, ask questions later. Right. So Clara and the other girls ran screaming down the stairs and they got one of their teachers, Miss Jackie Boone, brought her back to the room where the ghost was, 
and she was still standing in the middle of the room. <gasps> she pointed her bony finger at Clara. No. And began talking. What? But Clara was the only one who could understand her. Everyone else heard like a rumble mumble. So the ghost told her that valuables were buried five feet from a stump that was 50 yards from the house. This is like a fucking math problem. Right. Oh, Lord. I'd been like, uh, clearly you got the wrong person. Look, I got to write this down. <laughs> what did you say? 10 feet? No, 5 feet. Okay. 50 feet? No, yard. Right. <laughs> yeah, the, the ghost would be like, oh, fuck this. Hold on. Let me go find somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> she said that she wanted Clara to take possession of them and to use them to great advantage. I need a ghost like that. I got some right? to pay off. Right? So, after the ghost vanished, Clara was bullied again. <gasps> what? Mm-hmm. Because, you know... You pick on what you don't understand. Yes. But still, shit, they all saw it. Mm-hmm. But they're, they don't want to be labeled... True, true, true. ...with her. So, Clara's father, J.R. Robertson... Again, initials. Golly. He went to the school, pissed off that his daughter was being bullied... Mm-hmm. And he thought it was all a prank. So while Miss Boone was reporting the incident to the headmaster, Clara was outside in the garden waiting. The ghost girl reappeared and raised her hand again. And she said, don't be afraid, Clara. My name is Lizzie Davy, and I will not harm you. What? Yeah. She continued talking and told her that the land once belonged to her father. She said that the current owners had obtained the property illegally, and because her all of her other family was dead, she wanted Clara to have the treasure that was by that stump. She said that, Clara, you have to find the jar filled with this treasure yourself. So when Clara told people what the spirit had said to her, the news spread like gossip and mean girls. <laughs> you know? Did you write that down in your notes? I did. <laughs> older people recalled that the Davy family had indeed lived in the house Mm -hmm. and that one of their daughters, a beautiful child with long, dark hair, had died in the house 20 years before. They also recalled that she had been buried in a pink dress instead of the white shroud. What? Mm -hmm. They buried her in the dress because it was her favorite and she even had pink slippers on. Oh. The Memphis Daily Avalanche was a newspaper and did a four-column lengthy interview with Clara. <gasps> Memphians became so terrified of Pink Lizzie that the city came to a halt after dark. After the interview, stores closed early. Beca- what? Mm-hmm, because people were scared to go out by themselves after dark thinking that a ghost was going to come and scare them. What year was this? 1871. Okay, okay. Makes a little more sense. Yeah. But bartenders are always going to hustle, and so they started serving ghost cocktails and Nuh-uh. stuff. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yep. They said even some visitors cut their trips short for fear of seeing the ghost and oh stuff. Oh, my gosh. Meanwhile, she's telling you about buried treasure. Uh, uh, right. Why are people not hunting this? I'd be like, uh, I watched Longmire. Right. Remember that episode? Mm-hmm. So, Clara's father was a lawyer, and one of his clients was a medium. <gasps> yes. So, he sought her help. Her name was Mrs. Norse, N-O-U-R-S-E. Mm-hmm. Okay. I have no idea. 
<laughs> she put Clara in a trance during a seance. So they held it at their house and a few of their neighbors came to watch. That's like me and you. We'd be sitting there with popcorn. Mm-hmm. like. Well, and I have to say, too, that I'm very impressed with her dad that he wasn't like shutting her down and being like, you're stupid. He was like, let's get a medium. Let's figure this out. Yeah. I think he did think that at first, but then was like, okay, this keeps happening. So I'm either going to put a stop to it or we're going to get the fucking treasure. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He's like, either my daughter's crazy or I'm going to get some treasure. Right. I choose treasure. I want the treasure. In the trance, Clara sat slumped lifeless in the chair. Then soon something took over her body and she began slowly moving her arms and then flailing them all about. What? And so they had to restrain her until she calmed down. And then Mrs. Norse handed her a pen and a paper and began asking questions. She responded with all the correct information about Lizzie, her name, date of her death, and a much more detailed description of the location of the treasure all I can think about is, do you remember on Richie Rich when they thought that they were finding this treasure that was, like, in their mountain of their faces? And it was, like, all their, like, letters and stuff. It was their prized possessions, you know, like, stuff that was of sentimental value. And they were like, you said this was your whatever, your richest things. And they are like, it is to us. Because even though, you know, you don't remember that? No. Oh. <laughs> Hit me up if y'all remember Richie Rich. I'm sorry. Was that Macaulay Culkin? Culkin? Mm-hmm. Macaulay Culkin. Whatever his fucking name is. Who he did not age well either. Oh, God, no. It was actually one set of gold jewelry, a diamond necklace, several thousand dollars in coins, and the title papers to the home. (gasps) Meanwhile, she is just spreading this information for anyone to go get. Yes. So, naturally, everyone went on the treasure hunt. Yeah. So, while tons of people are frantically searching, digging... I mean, it wasn't a lot of stumps and stuff, but I mean, whatever. So Lizzie came to Clara again, but Clara was at home. Dang, Um, she traveled on her shoulder? Maybe. (laughs) Lizzie was actually mad at Clara for not following her directions. Dang. She, like, scolded her, basically, (laughs) and was like, you need to go get this treasure. So Clara went to her, her family and was like, what do I do? And they're like... Well, go back up to the school. And they didn't live far from the school. So one of her neighbors drove her up there. The neighbor was like, look, I got to get in on this. Mm-hmm. Remember me. It's like you- stealing a deed from a kid. <laughs> Candy from a baby. <laughs> I'm glad you had to. Yeah. Uh, whatever. <laughs> of course I did. Okay. So she made it back to Brinkley. Went over to where the stump was dug up. Mm-hmm. No one had found anything. But as Clara approached, the crowd parted to make room for her. She picked up the shovel and started digging down in the hole. A few minutes later, she struck something solid. (gasps) She said, Eureka! No, I'm just kidding. I found it! (laughs) But she should have said Eureka. Mm -hmm. She threw the shovel down and started digging like a dog in the dirt. Was like, come here, treasure. Then she cried out that she could see a jar. But at that moment, she passed out. Shut up! Not kidding. So while she was recovering on the portico, Lizzie appeared to her again and was like, continue. You can do it. It's there. Because no one else saw it. It's not there to anyone else. Oh, my God. So she was like, look, Lizzie, Liz, I'm tired. I'm like, you know, 13. My fragile bones. I haven't drank enough milk. I can't keep doing it. Allegedly, this is how this went down. Clearly. (laughs) 
Lizzie came and told me this. Oh, okay. So she was like, look, please, please, please let my dad dig for me. Mm-hmm. So Lizzie's like, yeah, okay, whatever, Brad. Um, <laughs> Since your dad's going to find the jar, he cannot open it until 60 days. So Clara's dad did find the jar, and so he carried it home. And, of course, like a mob's behind him, like, open it in front of me, open it in front of me. Yeah. And so he's like, okay. <gasps> he opened it? No. Oh, okay, okay. He, like, is turning to address the crowd. This is him. Okay. <clears throat> okay. We're going to open this in 60 days, but we're going to do it on the stage of the Greenlaw Opera House. Admission will be $1. Oh, my. He's a hustler, baby. Mm-hmm. One half of that fee, so 50 cents. I did the math. <laughs> <laughs> So 50 cents will go to Clara because, you know, she's been like faint and all that shit. Mm -hmm. So fainting. Sorry. And then half donated to the Episcopal Church Home for Orphans. Not orphans. Orphans. Okay. However, the priest was like, look, we don't want that. (gasps) Because you doing the heebie-jeebie shit. No. Mm Mm-hmm. Didn't matter, because three weeks after the discovery of the jar, Mr. Robertson was talking to friends at his house, and he heard a noise outside. Went outside to search for the noise, and after a few minutes, his guest went out looking for him, because they're like, um, it's your turn at Pinochle. <laughs> BTW, what is Pinochle? <laughs> <laughs> it's either a dice game, or a card game, or just um, some other sort of game. Oh, okay, that clarifies it. I'm glad. I'm here all week. They found him lying unconscious. Oh, God. That word, Carrie, just say it for me. Unconscious. Thank you. One, I normally can't say it, but two, what am I this episode? I was about to say, Jesus, God, you're sick. (laughs) (laughs) I want sympathy. Clearly. So he's laying there. Oh, unconscious. Thank you. On the ground with a bleeding head and finger marks on his throat. Damn. So... What happened was four men had attacked him at gunpoint, demanding to know the location of the, not the star, the jar. I thought you were going to say the stomp. They found that. He said that they said, we've come after the jar and you have got to tell us where it is or we'll kill you. Dun, dun, dun. So he took them to the jar's hiding place. Can you guess where this hiding place was? In the outhouse. Shut up. Did I get it right? Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. I literally dropped my paper. <laughs> How do you know? Well, where else would it be that you would say, can you guess where this is? <laughs> I wouldn't even know they had an outhouse. It was 1871. I know, but I don't think like that. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, but it does get better than that. Okay, it was suspended from a rope on the seat in the outhouse. I almost said, when you said it gets worse, I almost said, please don't tell me they got that shit hanging in the toilet. Right? What a shitty hiding place. (laughs) Did you write that down? Yes, I did. (laughs) (laughs) Just in case you couldn't come up with the pun on the spot. Yes. Oh, my God. when When I'm writing these, I'm having these things. Oh, my God. The jar and the treasure was never found. <gasps> they took it. No. Mm-hmm. Why didn't he show them it? Be like, somebody took it already. Or be like, I wasn't the one that hid it. 
Damn, he should have said that. That was a good idea. (laughs) Why couldn't Lizzie, like, appear and be like, go? Right? So, okay, Lizzie appeared again, and she said that since Clara was not the one who ended up opening the jar, the property would never prosper. So it shut down. The school shut down because it was, like, tainted then. Yeah. And because of what Lizzie had said through Clara about Mm -hmm. the property being obtained illegally. Yeah. It was kind of a shady deal. Yeah. Like where he Mm -hmm. took out a loan because the war had, you know, done stuff. Well, then it was like you couldn't tell if he repaid the loan or not. Mm -hmm. And so he could have repaid it. But the Brinkley guy took it anyway. So, but there was no transfer of funds where they could see that he paid it. Okay, okay. So, it's like, he paid in cash, and then... No, gotta get a cashier's check or something. I know. Western Union, something. Right. But see, if he's, like, that braggadocious kind of guy, he's like, oh, look at this cash. Yeah. You know what I mean? Allegedly. Now, it is long forgotten as a commercial strip now... And it's aligned with railroad buildings, warehouses, just nothing. What happened to Clara Robertson, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, in 1939, the commercial appeal rekindled the ghost story in a series of articles published around Halloween. How original. Just kidding. I mean, that's what everyone does. I was going to say. (laughs) I mean, I love the 13 days of Halloween. Mm -hmm. And I heard that it's supposed to be 31 days this time. Yes. Right? But okay, so several Memphians wrote into the paper sharing their memories of the story, Clara, blah, blah, blah. Most said that she went on to practice spiritualism, especially slate writing, which is what she did with Mrs. Norris. Mm -hmm. One woman said that she heard Clara went on to become the second wife of a spiritualist whose first wife's ghost. I had to to write this because this was so funny. His first wife's ghost would return at night and kick her out of the bed. Oh, my God. (laughs) Like, what? Yeah, I don't buy it. Right. Then another source, whom they said was very reliable, but unnamed, wrote in and said that in 1876, 18-year-old Clara married a wealthy (gasps) 72-year-old widower. Get it. They had several children, and Clara eventually died of tuberculosis. Get out. Mm-mm. You're going to die. She got me sick. God, that bitch. So, whatever happened? Nobody ever saw Lizzie again? People said they saw her around, but no one ever really confirmed it. I feel like this story needs a closing. I know. I know. I couldn't find it. Okay. Let's write one. Okay. Clara, through Lizzie, found the four men, took the jar back before they could open it. Ooh. And then she inherited the, the house and the land and lived happily ever after. Aww. I hate a damn thief. Don't take stuff that's not yours. Right. Because, look, you you fucked that up for everybody. You got nothing, and you fucked it up for everybody else. Yep. You don't go against a ghost. Right? No, thanks. Well, I really need closure more on this story. I know. Look. I don't like this ending. <laughs> I've don't really, do this story again. <laughs> right? There was not a lot that came up with this, but I read parts of books. Mm-hmm. There was actually a document showing the house, like, deed Mm -hmm. stuff and it's in there documented that this ghost story happened what on the Mm -hmm. deed holy crap yeah it's crazy also they said that this fear Mm -hmm. was like so real with these people with this ghost 
I mean, it had to have been if they were, like, shutting down shops and stuff. Yeah. It reminds me, like, on Scream when they mm-hmm. shut down the, the town. town. Yeah, but that was, like, actually a murderer. True. Yeah, never mind. <laughs> well, and two, if Lizzie was, like, following her home on her shoulder, showing up at her house, ha- you know what I mean? Like, like coming through to her at her house. I mean, like, so that can see why they'd be f- fearful of where's she going to show up. Yeah. But she's not being harmful. No. Get over it, guys. But, I mean, I wouldn't want to see slimy, moldy true, nastiness. True, true. true, I forgot. And she had matte eyes. Like a black-eyed kid? That's she what was I'm the thinking. OG. I think so. The OG black-eyed kid. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't like either one of our stories this week. <laughs> Mine was sad AF, and yours has no closing. I know. She ghosted us. <laughs> Speaking of puns, it has come to my attention that... Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> that maybe not everyone gets our pun or whatever. Play, play on, on words. words. Yeah, play on words. Our name, A Paranormal Chicks, is a play on words for a pair of normal chicks. Donna came up with it. (laughs) If you couldn't tell. (laughs) It was literally like, hey, let's do a podcast. And she's like, okay. I'm like, true crime and paranormal. And she's like, well, what's the name going to be? And I was like, hmm, a paranormal chicks. She was like, I like it. Let's do it. (laughs) And so here we are. The rest is history. (laughs) 15 episodes in and some people still don't get my little joke. (laughs) It's okay. We'll explain it to you. Look, we already know that I channel Donna's mom. Miss Patty is usually what I call her. But when I reference her saying that I got to explain a joke, I usually say Patty Joe because that was her name. <laughs> so we'll be Patty Joe for y'all right now and <laughs> explain, the, explain the name. Yes. But if you didn't get it, don't feel bad because apparently a bunch of people don't. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, you either have to be crazy like me, or... I think when you say it out loud, like yourself, it's like a mad gab. Yeah, mad gab. Yeah, like that Sofa King Stupid. Mm Mm-hmm. Sofa King Stupid. Sofa King Stupid. Mm Mm-hmm. Everyone, you hear what she's saying? Sofa King Stupid. Sofa King Stupid. (laughs) Like our name. (laughs) But I love it. I mean, you better. We're stuck with it. (laughs) We'll be like Prince. We'll just be a symbol from now on. (laughs) We don't like our name. Formerly known as... Yeah, we're not bad at grammar. We're just bad at names. And wordplay. Yeah, but not foreplay. So what did we learn? Still don't hitchhike. Yeah, don't hitchhike. Because that's how he got some of his victims. Yeah. Listen to Ghost. Mm Mm-hmm. No matter what. Even no. if it seems like a silly rule. Yes. If she would have just opened it, they would have had it. Mm-hmm. But she was a brat. <laughs> Damn. Just kidding. She's like, I can't do it. I'm tired. <laughs> so, yeah. Listen to Ghost. So, that was two. And three, be careful what you wish for. Because I really wanted to hear the Toy Box Killer. And now, I don't think I'll ever unhear it. And those guys... Really wanted that jar, and it got them nowhere, too. That's true. So across the board, be careful what you wish for. Yep. And remember, creep it real and and don't don't get scared. scared.